Hey everybody and welcome to the Select Start Podcast. I'm your host Brian and joining me this week is Chris. He's got a couple of hot dogs and a whole new room. <laughs> I am so full. <laughs> ah, It's good to be here. Hot dogs, room being clean. Great news. Had to clean the room up so I had room for an air mattress for my brothers to come to town for Comic-Con. Oh yeah, that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to hear about uh, all your experiences with Comic-Con. Uh, as for myself, I'm looking forward to actually going out to FanFest this week. By the time everybody's here in this podcast, I'll have returned from FanFest, hopefully much more wealthy and much more excited about the future of Final Fantasy. Uh, but we'll see. So, well, let's go ahead and uh, get this thing rolling and select start. This week, I am really excited that we are finally getting around to finishing up uh, a few weeks ago. And I know, Brian, you have had an eventful couple weeks. Why don't you tell us if you've been able to squeeze any games in? Yes. Uh, well, at first, like, um, so just to catch everybody up, like, I ended up uh, having uh, some kind of gallbladder issue. Um, and so it pretty much laid me out for a week, went to the hospital. They took care of me. I was feeling much better. And then, uh, you know, just as, you know, anyway, it's not fully resolved yet. Uh, It makes it kind of difficult, but at least after going to the hospital, I am doing much better. And so since that point, uh, Gears 4 has dropped. And so Julie and I have been able to spend a lot of time uh, in horde mode, which is, you know, like my favorite uh, kind of mode of the game. And she she just loves it. So we just, we've been just in here playing horde mode on uh, on Gears of War 4. And then um, the other part of the eventful week. So that was kind of a weird health thing. The other non-health thing was that my computer has just been running very slow. And so we were recording a podcast with Ian, um, and I'm still actually working on getting that uh, that podcast finished because at the end of it, we kind of somewhat lost it. So I have to figure out how to either finish that show or if we have to all get back together and kind of just wrap it up. But my computer has just been slow. So pretty much the last over this weekend, while I've been able – I've literally been playing – on the Xbox while I've been re- totally building my PC, uh, you know, so I've restored Windows, I've been reinstalling all my apps, and that's why I was really happy that that all kind of wrapped up about two hours before we started recording this podcast, so it's been eventful. I guess that's, yeah, that's the right word to say uh, for that. So, um, yeah, gears, oh, we actually got to play some uh, Forza Horizon uh, 3 together uh, this week, uh, this weekend, I think it was on Friday. Uh, late night and that was a lot of fun uh, what why don't you tell like I, obviously I know that you've been playing that because we played it together why don't you talk about Forza Horizon 3 and then any other games that you're playing right now Forza Horizon 3 um gosh I have a lot of initial reactions I may need to just make a video about it uh yeah. I, could, I could burn this segment just talking about it I'm really impressed with a lot of things they did they breathed a lot of, a lot of life into a genre that can be a bit repetitive mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of fun in the different modes uh, the completionist in me struggles with the fact that there's multiple modes because I'm like, well, you, you can't go on to the next mode yet. Uh, we're not even we're not even done with this one. There's a percentage in the top that tells me that I'm only 7% of the way done with this mode. That is not an acceptable time to move on to the next task. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to start spinning off kind of my own channel with some of the other stuff that's going on that Brian mm-hmm. and I, I do and uh, that's not as gaming related. Uh, so we can kind of keep those separate. And so I've been recording all this footage for both. And then 
I didn't realize that Comic-Con was here. And so all of a sudden then I had to tackle my room. And so I haven't had the time just in front of a computer that's actually set up to edit all the footage that I have shot because, you know, I had, I had it set up enough to work with the capture card and I've shot a lot of my footage on the camera and everything, mm-hmm. but I really haven't had the time to sit down and I was like, man, it is, I enjoy editing, but I'm about to have to crank out like 10 videos before I'm allowed to do anything else. Um, <laughs> and so in those, I've got a lot of time in the new Forza. Um, I went from, it came out while I was on vacation. I know Brian and you guys got in there pretty far, and mm-hmm. I think I have caught all but one of you. Um, who, who the only guy I haven't caught it is the only game he's playing. And <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's a it's a race that you're gonna. It's like he's yeah. the pace car way out in front. <laughs> and um, enjoying Deus Ex still. I am just slow to churn through it. I'm kind of treating it with the amount of cinematics that are in it. I honestly treat it more like a book or a TV series and and not the kind of TV series that you could binge. Like it's so heavy that I can't just sit there and crank it out. I don't think I could just, I probably have 14 or 15 hours left in it just based on the the few kind of Mm non-spoiler reviews I've read. And there is no way with my play style that I'm going to get that amount of time out. I just, you'd think like the old Mm -hmm. me would just crank it out in a day. I'd be exhausted. Um, the um on on gears like from a story like because like they have like you know it's an interesting topic just modes of play and it's almost like you could so I, there's people who would say that when you they eat food they eat one the entree and then they eat the vegetable and then they eat, you know or then you have those who are like I eat a little bit of this I eat a little bit of that and that's the same kind of like you could have that same kind of mentality with a game and so I kind of was struggling with that uh, with gears so it's like. I was like, Gears came out, you know, I'm actually feeling better. I'm going to go ahead and play some of the story mode. And so I've played and I've gotten, you know, halfway, well, I'm assuming halfway through, like through, I'm in Act 3, Chapter 4, uh, and so I'm like, okay, great. And so then, yeah, I want to play Horde with Julie. Well, you know, that's like a whole other kind of progression, you know, system. You get experience, you get levels. They actually, what's really cool, and it's, uh, is they have, you know, have a, you have Halo, you got the, the rec packs. Well, they have various uh, things that you can earn in-game currency, and then you can buy those, which unlock bounties and perks and weapon skins and things like that. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, you can really kind of, I'm like, like Microsoft has really kind of taken that because I thought that the rec system in Halo was fantastic. But um, but yeah, so I haven't even done Versus. I haven't even, like, <laughs> there's there's so many, like, things that it's about. I'm like, uh, anyway, it's just a, it's just a kind of funny thing because it's like, well... Because at first I was like, I want to finish the story before I even do multiplayer. But now I'm just like, well, I'm enjoying the story, but uh, maybe I want to go do some multiplayer more as opposed to just straight up horde mode, etc. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous to problems. I want Civ 6. I'm so glad I didn't pre-order it because I would be playing it right now. Mm-hmm. And and then in addition to that, like Titanfall... Two drops, drops at the end of the month. In, yeah, very soon here. A couple weeks now, actually, because like when you're thinking about it, because the October's moving along just fine. <laughs> October's moving along, so I don't I don't know how I'm gonna get time for all this, but I'm having having a blast. So I think well, we should, with that note, mm-hmm. maybe start to to finish up our topic and start yeah. talking about the greatest games of all time. Greatest games of all time. This really being focusing on what makes those games uh great so stick around we'll be right back
back. Thank you guys for sticking around. Tonight's big topic, you know, as this is kind of part two of the greatest games, uh, you know, lineup that we discussed a couple weeks ago on the podcast. That when our original goal was to talk about really what makes them game, what makes them great, and we at the end of it we were like, well, we've kind of hit you know thirty minutes. Okay, <laughs> this is obviously a bigger topic, and it needs it needs more attention uh, in and of itself. So. We're back, and we want to focus in on that. So, uh, at this point, like if you're watching on YouTube, I'll show, uh, make sure that there's a link focusing and taking you back to that podcast. If you haven't heard that one, it's really good. The first segment we're focusing on what we call the Desert Island games. If you are going to be stuck on the Desert Island, you get three games. What are they? And then the big topic we ended up going category by category, naming various games for the various genres. Uh, and so. Um, I think essentially we named a lot of really good games. Even, uh, you know, Chris, your brother chimed in in the chat saying like, hey, you know, could you take, uh, if you could take 40 computers for WoW and do your own rating, <laughs> you know, would that would that have made it? You know, and so I actually, you know, on the podcast, will address that question to you, Chris. So, yeah, we talked about games, but if you could go and like you had 40, <laughs> of, like this is a heck, even 40 of your best friends, like we're stuck on this island MMO, like, is that something that you would pick over your three Desert Island games? Uh, Yeah, I think it would change it. I think it would change it. And I think that brings us into one of the definitions of what makes Mm -hmm. a game great. Um, (laughs) I I like game grape gate. That's what I heard. (laughs) I I think it's one of the things that makes a game gate. Yeah, I did it again. Yeah, I know. Uh, All right. (laughs) This is awesome. I've got to put that on a loop. Great games. A great game. (laughs) I think so. One of the things that makes something truly timeless, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, is that it is inherently of its time. When something sets out and tries to be timeless and tries to ignore current trends, current design constraints, current market situations, and what people want at that time. It never lasts. I mean, you look at at 1950s cars, you look at 1960s houses, you look at all these things Mm. that are worth this huge amount of money now because they're so of their time. Uh, So I think when you talk about putting people on an island and, okay, now we're changing it from one person to 40 people, Mm -hmm. sharing with others in the way it was meant to be shared then is a huge amount of whether or not something has replay value. I Rampage World Tour was one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time prior to Smash Brothers really taking off and prior oh, yeah. to um, WoW really taking off and prior to a lot of these games that redefined what a multiplayer experience is. Yeah. Well, because it's like you see it as it's transitioned from what they call couch co-op or couch multiplayer into oh, this contra. online network. You know, Contra. and it's, you know, Contra, it, you know, it rings true. You mentioned Smash Brothers. That's like such a, you know, and for me, like, I would argue, and this would be a whole other topic for a podcast of like Nintendo, I felt like as much as they've, you know, said, hey, online, it's always just been this, okay, you know, let's make sure it's a checkbox, but we're not really diving into it because we're all about the couch, that couch experience. And, and so as to your topic of Timeless, I completely uh, connect with that because one of the best things I like about Xbox Live and PSN is that, yeah, I can have that experience and play games with my friends because we're across the country. But you go back, you know, 10, you know, 15 years, we 
a couldn't afford it. There, the infrastructure wasn't there, so we were you. You would make that trek over to people's houses to play a split screen on a on, you know on a console, or if you know for some reason somebody you know uh, was able, you were able to uh, do a LAN party, then you'd be able to jump in and get all that connected and go from there. And so, so for me, like you know, timelessness, like I, I like your definition, kind of of the time that it was made. But for me, what stands out about these these uh, games, especially the games that I listed, um, it's really about who I experience them with. I, I've never been, you know, even with a single player game like uh, like Final Fantasy VI, uh, uh, even Final Fantasy IV. Uh, my friend, uh, you know, Benjamin Reader, back when I was in uh, high, you know, this was like elementary school and things like that, and we're still, you know, in contact, obviously through you know the power of Facebook. But we played those games together. His brother like introduced me to Dragon Warrior. It was an experience that together we were sitting down, playing through this game, taking turns to work through and save, you know, Dragon, you know, Warrior, aka Dragon Quest, to save the princess or to, you know, in Final Fantasy to save the world and all these various things. So even today, like, you know, it's not that I, you know, don't enjoy like sitting down and playing a game, but it's about that that experience. Be it single or multiplayer, it's about who I'm coming together and playing that game with. So, you know, I play, uh, you know, and Julie and I will probably be playing Final Fantasy 15 together, sitting down, playing through the story, experiencing it together uh, from that perspective. So it's still, you know, it's a little bit different from 14, where we actually are two different characters in the world. This would be two humans focusing on a single game and going forward yeah. from that. And so that's, that's a huge thing for me, but um, absolutely. I, I liked your timeless, uh, your timeless definition. I think, I think that I can only name, I can count on one hand, the number of games that I would even put in the running for greatest games that I did not share with somebody else, be it mm-hmm. single or multiplayer. You're right. Sharing with games, well, definitely. And even if you're not local to them, you know, even, even if you're not local, it's just like, imagine, I've never played yeah. local with anybody and it has had a huge replay value. So that begs the question to enter the greatest games of all time. Does replay value now that we've said that word, does total played time factor in? Can a game that takes you 16 hours to beat and you don't play it again, stay fresh? Can it create a lasting memory? It depends on the cost of the, of the game and who I'm experiencing it with, because it doesn't even need to be a good reviewed game, or it, it could be like a bad game, but it could be something that is just like, okay, we're gonna play this game, we're gonna drink these beers, and then it, we're done with it. <laughs> but it could be that, yeah, we that did experience. That with, we did that with FIFA. We went and bought a FIFA that was like six years out of date. You know, it was like a dollar because everybody it's wants like, to play the most recent ones. Like, why not? The um, not, so absolutely it can now that sixteen hour that that experience, you know, it's just like going and seeing like and not necessarily is this all, for all bad games, but just going and seeing the like a, a like a bad movie like you know or renting one of those just like oh this is just going to be this kind of movie and it this is generally accepted but you can have a good time if you have that expectation. So what do you mean by expectation? Well, essentially, it's that. If somebody could have a, you know, if they're thinking that it's going to be a 30 or 40 or 50 hour game, but it's a 10 hour game, they're going to come in and they're going to be disappointed. It kind of really ties back into, uh, you know, what do you do when games let you down like that podcast, right? You know, so everybody had an expectation of No Man's Sky didn't get didn't get met. But if you go in knowing what it is and having that expectation like, oh, okay, I'm just going to goof off in this procedurally generated world. 
that's uh, you know that's kind of what I mean by the the expectation as having that set proper. So you do feel that a game with less replay value can have play time, but do you feel that cost affects it? That's only interesting because when I think back cost to greatest is, games of all time, it's a drop. <laughs> uh, because when I think back to greatest games of all time, like especially like when I look really far back and I start to dig in and say, "Oh man, that was a great game," and I look at Contra and I look at Zelda and I look at at all these things. You know, many of those were bought by parents. They were gifts and things mm-hmm. as I was a kid. But even when you move into like my college days where the dollar was so hard to come by and literally I'd buy my food based on calories per dollar to know that I was getting my value. Um, <laughs> I was so broke. And Smart. we would save up and we went and bought Resident Evil. Right. And I didn't, and I didn't play it twice. And I don't remember how long the game lasted, but because of the guys I played it with, I feel that it really was worth it. And mm-hmm. Dead Rising, we played like six times through, mm-hmm. and they were the same cost. And I don't factor that into which one I enjoyed more. It can now, really be either or. Years though. later, yeah, you know, but that's uh, that's almost you know kind of the magic of it is that you know are are you going into the game expecting that you're going to have a lot of replay value, or are you going into the, you know like a heavily story driven game? You know, it's like. Okay, if you're going in expecting a, a very compelling narrative, and if it does that right, if it executes on it right, if the people, if you're playing it solo, if you're playing, or even if you, like I, we talked kind of, we're, yeah, we're heavily multiplayer focused, but let's say, uh, is Deus Ex have any multiplayer component at all? No. See, it doesn't. But I so didn't let's go say, in expecting it. Right. And, and, but and if, that explains a lot. But like if, Destiny, uh, on the other hand. Destiny, if I play Destiny a lot like Deus Ex and I just sit mm-hmm. back and listen to the voices and explore the guns and kind of dabble into multiplayer, but I really treat it as a single, a player. single player game that has this slight mode, as many games do, like mm-hmm. Diablo and things like that, where you really spend the majority of your time alone or in a very mm-hmm. small party at best. It's really a pretty good game where Destiny, I think you're right, I think you hit something on the head there, where Destiny really knocks itself out of the running with a lot of players is that they called themselves an MMO. Mm-hmm. And so the oh, they were trying to go aspect, with it's like they were, games, a lot of things that are just now coming out should have been there at launch in a lot of yeah. people's mind. The uh, and not just should have been there at launch, but it's like they have uh, you know the expectation was set with this amazing narrative and it really wasn't there, you know, all these things. But just focusing in on um, you know narrative though, let's say I was playing Deus Ex, we could still have an experience you playing at your place, me playing at my place and then us getting together and discussing the story and the choices that we made and the, and the, and the consequences of those choices, et cetera. So it's that, um, you know, again, it it just all ties into that, uh, knowing what you're, you're getting, but is like, uh, would you like, when do, would you know a game is timeless? You know, so you brought up kind of this idea of the, uh, you know, we talked about all these games from our past, but like, did you realize when you were playing the game at that time, that it was actually, you know, going to be something that was going to stick with you? Or was this something that you then, after either playing other games or enough time had passed, went in and added that to that list? That all of a sudden you're like, man, I remember this experience. And is that, you know, uh, if if that's a fair question, that that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to man, kind of dive into. I think, I think maybe with a few of them, I think to look back at like Zelda Ocarina of Time, I knew before I even beat it the first time, that this was something special. And I think mm-hmm. it's literally like sitting in a movie theater and knowing that you're going to buy this movie and watch it a hundred times this year um, versus movies that I've gone back and bought 
that have made it into that list that mm-hmm. I didn't quite know how important they were to me at the time of the very first viewing. And so I think we've kind of started to settle something down and, and to tie back into, you know, if you want to throw annotations up to every podcast we've done so far, uh, <laughs> to tie it all back in, the... It's a quarterly What's podcast where we just take all of it. <laughs> you can't... You can't review a game in a way that results in a list of greatest games of all time because they're all reviewed in that moment. And mm-hmm. you can't... So it's not based on total play time. Well, that's a big that's a big thing in reviews. Are you getting your value? You can't do it just on cost because over time, you don't remember how much that $60 was to you. You can't do it based on features because... It's all weighed against expectation, and it really comes down to the experience you have. So it comes down to the people you have to share with it in your life and how it interacts with those people at that time. One of my greatest memories, I don't think was a good game at all, was WarioWare when you came to visit us (laughs) in college. With the Wii. and, And we went out and we went drinking, and this was one of Brandon and I's first experiences getting to drink, and you came out to visit and we were and we went back and to brandon's room and we were in like this bedroom i don't remember why the tv was there and we had this tiny little tv and we were all crowded around it playing WarioWare, and it was ridiculous it was just a ridiculous (laughs) evening and it's not a good game i mean it's fine it's but it's it's literally it's like apples to apples or something like that. They literally set out to create an experience. And if mm-hmm. they don't, it's going to fall flat because right. on its own, it has no merit. That's a very uh, difficult thing to, to kind of do. It's like, I don't think, you know, you can set out to create something timeless. You could set up to create that. You can create tools or these opportunities for people to take those experiences. So we talked with Ian on the last podcast with about, you know, him and I were about talking about Soul Calibur. That whole experience might not have ever happened if, like, when he was asking, like, hey, if you got any games that I can play, if I didn't even bother to include it. Like, I wasn't even actively playing Soul Calibur at that time. I was thinking that, man, maybe they'll like the Street Fighter game. And there was a couple other games that were there. And they ended up just, it wasn't even the first one they played. They just kind of went down the list. And then Dustin was like, hey, what's going, you know, hey, what's this one Soul Calibur? Well, let's check it out. And it became a huge hit. And because they were excited about it. It reinvigorated uh, my excitement for that game, and it ended up invigorating an entire, uh, you know, <laughs> college campus for the most part of playing that. You know, so it's Soul Calibur though is is definitely one of those I think top tier fighters. Oh, so, but to answer my own question that I posed to you is like I I do feel it more often when I'm you know active in, uh, on that. Um, you know, so it's like for Super Mario sixty four. For or, or you know uh, Zelda or kind of time, even linked to the past, like there was just this you know you're playing it and you're just it's so exciting and so enjoyable, um, and it you know it hooks you like from the from the beginning. It's not like you know, and that's where it's like Destiny would not have been a a contender for me by any stretch of the imagination up until about. You know, a year and a half. And Taken King really was like, oh, this is exciting. They started bringing in some more of the narrative, and like I was like, there's a lot of possibility that they have with this with this game. But what made it enjoyable, <laughs> and with the only reason I stuck around is, well, we you know I was playing with Mark, I was playing with Peter. It was like it was a bunch of guys. We we're just and the gunplay was so good. You just kind of had to say, well, the rest of the stuff is 
all right, you know what? Maybe they'll fix it, but we're just kind of doing these things and it's goofy and it's, and it's fun. And all of a sudden then you're like, holy crap, I have spent an, an absorbent amount of time in this game. So, you know, replay, uh, value's good. There's a negative that can impact also, because I was just thinking about this the other day. I've, you know, I've played a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. What, you know, experiences, what other great games maybe have I missed because I have been so keenly focused in, you know, on a particular side of it. And maybe that's something um, yeah. to explore, like, you know, hey, well, what's a good, you know, balance on that, but... So I mean the technical side has to be there, but I think I think we've really kind of drilled it down to it's gotta be gameplay it's, though. It's gotta be and it's gotta be long enough to create the experience, but that's it, however long that is. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if that's that's five minutes or five hundred hours. Right. It just you needs could, uh... to be long enough to create a memory. Mm-hmm. And odds are that memory is gonna be between you and another person. Mm-hmm. And it has to have the technical skills long enough to capture you. But like WarioWare wasn't horribly technical, and yet when we started talking about this, I immediately jumped back to remembering that so vividly. Um, and so that's, I think that's what makes the greatest games of all time. And that makes it interesting because yeah. these greatest games of all time lists always try to base it on objective factors. And I don't know that you can. I think right. what makes a game great is that it had that ability to create that for not just one group that got lucky, where the preparedness of the game met the opportunity of that one group on that one campus at that one time, but mm-hmm. that it was able to create an environment where people from a billion different backgrounds come together, probably not billion, and <laughs> say... I'm sure the oh, industry would love for it to, to be billions. <laughs> this means mean something to me you know, and you meet a group later, like Ian was saying, he met these guys that were like, have you heard of Soul Calibur? And so obviously it had done that same thing. And I don't think it was mm-hmm. because they had heard through some game of telephone that, you know, your campus played it at that time. I think it it spread those seeds everywhere it sold. And that's what made it great. Mm-hmm. And I think that it'd be really hard for a development studio to know what that was, put their finger on it and say, yes, this amount of time and this amount of dollars will produce that over and over. Um not really. I think so there's uh, there's heart. That's you know, interesting. From, as somebody who likes to follow developers, you know, there's there's heart. There's people who who care and they want to make, you know, a great product. And sometimes that doesn't always come together or happen. I mean, um, people can make you know mistakes because they're human. But I think you pretty much. I mean, everybody's going to be different. That you know, like we put a call out and it's like, hey, guess you know, list out your greatest games, and everybody's going to have, you know, varying opinions on it. But for the most part, like if you do look at those games varying themes whether it be story gameplay multiplayer uh you know all kind of ring ring true and they all you know and it all boils down to that that impact that it, you know i'm wondering at one point and here we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show and call out to the community here uh, for anybody's you know uh, your thoughts on what really makes games great uh you know for you but it's you know there's there's a part of it now like you know where the, the smell of an orange or you know even gingerbread or something like that will bring about memories. Sometimes games that I really enjoy have the tendency to bring back memories of other games that I really enjoyed and uh, you know of my past. Playing it, you know, playing uh, I Am Setsuka really brings me back and reminds me of how much fun I had with Chrono Trigger. Um, playing, you know, a 2D Mario. It's like really kind of, it's like, uh, you know, sometimes like I'm like, oh, I wish it was better, <laughs> uh, et cetera. But, you know, it kind of has that, you know. So do you have, uh, have you, would that, does that make sense? Like what I'm saying? Like, you know, do you have those uh, those memories 
we're playing yeah. a certain game can can remind you and it could be very subtle it's not like you know it has to be overly like obvious like with the same a, a similar system oh but, it does it cross genres i i literally right. i don't even remember what song came on the radio the day, other day but i was just flipped through the channels and they played a song and it reminded me of sitting in my parents game room upstairs playing final fantasy 10 and i had a cd player and that was the cd i was listening to and i had to yeah. play the tv with the i had to play with the tv off in the mornings and i was up before everybody else was and i was playing final fantasy and so it's not even just games of with games it's literally just your memories it's just that human it's experience fascinating. it's a fast uh, brains and, and 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 human psychology and all that it's just utterly fascinating and i think games regarding that like and how they play with how our minds develop or uh, yeah, I like to see, I like to see more stuff like uh, more studies done on that, especially get, like as we get older. And I I, I don't want to get on another topic <laughs> before as we end the show. But as and we now get in older, the next like, segment, <laughs> <laughs> a new third segment going beyond uh, the the typical podcast link that we try to get with. Anyway, so but more topics obviously for more days. So for the, you know, call out to the community. You know, let us know your thoughts in the comments below if you like this video. Oh, please, uh, you know, hit the thumbs up button or give us a rating on iTunes. And uh, for the most part, like I'll see if there's a topic that you want us to have us break down and, and put our uh, input on it, uh, let us know. Um, obviously, uh, and as we wrap up the show, there's a lot of things going on with the fall, a lot of games coming out, a lot of excitement. So just, you know, have a great time this uh, this fall and this Christmas. And hopefully um, there'll be a game that comes out that gets to make your list for 2016. So, And hopefully <laughs> some of you met Brian at Dead. Fan fest, yeah, absolutely. Fan fest. That will have already yeah. happened when you. Hear I will this. hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to go because it's like you know, if uh, Julie and I were talking, like if I'm, you know, if if I'm still having issues, we're, we'll have to cancel, and that will be a sad, sad day. So hopefully by the time I'm listening to the edit on this, I'm going to be like, it was great, 4.0, can't wait for it. Anyway, uh, guys, for the Select Start podcast is Brian and Chris for Work to Game Videos. Uh, you guys have. A- Subscribe. (laughs) Y'all have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time. Thank you. I mean, thankfully there's like no diseases or bacteria or anything that live in like rust nails and all that. Yeah, you know, we we abolished that back back when we abolished uh, Irish slavery. She did say, she did say she's like part of buying a household within 40 years. Before you close, you should be required to have an up-to-date tetanus shot.